Most entrepreneurs waste an insane amount of time trying to build their business. They are online 24-7, sacrificing their private life and burning out in the process. This is going to end right now. Welcome to the Content Lounge Podcast. I'm your host, Virginia Reassis. I'm a serial entrepreneur, copywriter, business coach, and recovered workaholic. I know what it takes to go from burnt out and overwhelmed to building a six-figure business, posting only once a week and working less than five hours per day. My secret? Cutting out all the crap that doesn't move the needle forward in your business and producing content that actually attracts clients and gets you paid while living your best life. Want to create a business and a life you love? Sit back, relax, and let your content do the work for you. Hello and welcome to this episode. I am so excited to introduce to you a very, very special guest. She is really amazing at content, at business strategy. She is quite popular. She is very good at growing her audience too. And she is just the sweetest, nicest person on the planet. And her name is Emily Chincata, I, I believe. And um, <laughs> yes, okay, got it right. You need to tell us all about you, Emily. Ha- welcome to the show, first of all. And yeah, I'm so excited that you're here. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, my last name is Sincata. That always trips people up. I always forget to tell them in the beginning, but you got it right, Sincata. Nice. American way to pronounce an Italian last name. (laughs) But thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And I'm excited to chat. Yeah. So tell us everything about your business and how you how you got to where you are before. I know you had a different Instagram account you recently changed, but you're already taking off again. Tell us how you, yeah, how did you become Emily? Yes. How did I become Emily? It's like I feel everyone's journey into entrepreneurship is. It's quite a long story, but I will do my best to give you the cliff notes here. So I transitioned into my first account, which was the Launch Babe, as we've introduced just a little bit here. And that was my first step out of being a behind the scenes person for a very large entrepreneurial coaching brand. I worked for a very small team that had a very big big and very public online brand that helped entrepreneurs get their businesses off the ground and scaled to six or seven figures. We had a couple different kind of, or two different levels of entrepreneurs that we worked with. And I was the behind the scenes person there. So I did marketing, I did product development, I did customer service. I did a little bit of everything from writing our emails to running our social media, to actually building out our products and services. So that was where I kind of got my start. And I hit a point where I was like, you know what? I think that I have an interesting perspective from being behind the scenes and working one-on-one with the entrepreneurs that came into our space. And I was like, I'm realizing I have things that I want to say in the way that I want to say them. And there may have been a little bit of not necessarily a divergence, but just kind of like a, oh, I have my own voice in this space now. Noticing that difference between loving building someone else's brand and realizing, okay, there might be something here for me. So at the, I would say mid 2021, it was about May or June at the time. That is when I started my account called the launch babe. And my whole MO at that time was just let's teach marketing to entrepreneurs. I actually have a background in marketing. So my bachelor's degree is in marketing. I did work in marketing for a couple different companies at the previous to the one I was working for before this. So I had had a really entrepreneurial focused background in marketing because I had always done it for 
small businesses, solopreneurs, really tiny companies that were getting their getting their marketing off the ground as opposed to going into corporate. So long story short, that's what I wanted to just start teaching on the Launch Babe. And that account took off faster than I could have ever imagined. So my Launch Babe account grew from zero to 30,000 followers in about eight months, which was much faster than I was expecting. And somewhere along the way, I was like, oh, we now have a business, right? Like this is becoming a business. I'm really, I'm getting a chance to impact 30,000 people's lives and businesses and the way that they do business. And so I took a pause kind of at that eight month mark and I looked around and I was like, this is amazing what we've built, but I built it before I built the business, if that makes sense. So now I do both business strategy and marketing with my clients. But at the time, I had really just built that brand on marketing. And so I had so many different types of businesses in my audience. I had so many different types of entrepreneurs. I had people at all different stages. And I felt like I couldn't really go deep with anyone, but I knew who I wanted to go deep with. And so I had to make a decision at that point. I was like, well, do we try to pivot this account? You have 30,000 people here. That's a lot of people. Do you want to walk away from that? Or do you want to just pivot this and let people who want to stay, stay? Or do we start fresh? And at that point, I ultimately made the decision to start fresh. And it's been probably about five months since that mark that we've started over and that I've rebranded as myself. So my name is no longer the Launch Babe online. I go all under my name. So I'm under It's Emily Sincata. And I work now primarily with online coaches and service providers. So that's the long story, but that's how we got kind of from where we were to where we are today. Yeah, it's incredible your experience and also to like hear your side of the story, because I'm sure if someone followed the launch babe, they were like, oh, why did Emily change? So it's really cool to get like the behind the scenes peek. And also what I really love is that you actually built your account before you were like really into like the business part of it. Um, I think that's really incredible. Most people that I meet are like, okay, well, I have this business now. How do I build the account? So you said you were surprised about your growth. Um, especially on the first first account because it was so incredibly fast. Um, but you're also growing incredibly fast again on the second account. So obviously you know how to how to grow targeted Instagram accounts. And I'm just super curious. Can you tell people like the three or like like what is your secret sauce about that? Yeah, it's a really interesting conversation. And there's probably so many different ways we could take this, but what I kind of see building a brand online, like if we're just honing in on what it means to have a brand on social media, not even what your larger brand is, but just your social media presence for your brand. I look at that as really building a machine. So like think of your Instagram as a machine because it's just, we're working with algorithms, right? So we're just following equations and we're trying to get those equations to work in our favor. And so when I think of building a brand online, and if you look at the cumulative effort of what everybody is doing who's succeeding, like, and we're talking about succeeding in terms of growing, right? Growing that brand. There's a formula to it. And it's really just about getting those algorithms on your side. And so when I say build a machine, it's like, what can you do that's going to continuously produce results? It's like input versus output. And so when we talk about growing fast, we want to look at, well, what is making things grow fast right now? And I was surprised by how fast the launch babe grew. I really, really was because I had spent 
probably the last two or three years just observing other big accounts. And I was making content for the accounts that I worked for at the time as well, too. So I was practicing, but those were already established brands that I was making content for. So then I had spent all that time, though, being like, okay, well, this is what seems to be working. And then when I moved to the launch babe, I was like, well, let's just test it. Let's just test what you've been observing. And I couldn't believe how fast it worked and, and how well it really worked. So I suppose what I'm trying to say is that I look at growth online as building systems. Does that sort of make sense? Where it's like, yes, it's an art form. And yes, there's certain things that we want our content to do to help our business. But if we just want to succeed on the platform, like if we're just looking at the metric of growth, that just comes down to putting in the right inputs. And the right inputs are things like posting consistently so that people get used to seeing your name on their newsfeed and they start to look for your content. It's things like engaging with other brands in your niche so that the algorithm can start to categorize you, using the right hashtags again so that the algorithm can start to categorize you. Like it really comes down to taking the emotion out of the content that you're putting out or your emotional reaction to how that content performs, I should say, and just analyzing it like data because that's really what it is at the end of the day, if that makes sense. Oh, that's so interesting. I really like that. I think a lot of people get really, really hooked emotionally on their posts. Like they put it out there and then they're like, oh, I like, I care about this. So obviously I wanted to perform well. And then maybe they had some expectations. Then they, these expectations aren't being met. Then they get disappointed. And then the next time they're like, I'm sad. I'm going to be dis uh, I'm scared. I'm going to be disappointed again. And then they procrastinate. And so obviously then they don't post and then nothing works, neither growth nor conversion. But I don't think I've ever thought about content as like, and brand building as in like you're building a machine. That's a really, really interesting and fun perspective that I'm really excited to like entertain more. I think you also teach content, right? You have a content program. Yes. So I do teach people, I have my, my program called Confident Content. I teach people how to look at content from a bunch of different angles, because as you know, like there's so many different things content can achieve for us. It can build our brand. It can actually make sales. It can educate, like it can pull people into us as people and have them like form those connections with us on a personal level. Like there's so many different things that our content can do at one time that don't even have to do all those things. And growth can be like not a factor in it at all. Like maybe you're only your audience sees it, but it does all those things at once. Like there's so many angles to see content through. And in my Confident Content program, we really break that down and say like, okay, how do we take all of these things? How do we prioritize them? And how do we turn them into an actual viable content strategy? Because it is a lot. Content's a big, a big game, right? Yeah. There's a lot to think about when you make it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it can I be really overwhelming. I think a lot of people jump into Instagram and they're just like, oh my God, like reels and carousels and photos and, and stories and all the thing. And most people don't realize that Instagram is like multiple platforms in once, like, right? It's like mm -hmm. Snapchat on the stories, reels you've got that are so similar to like TikTok. Are you on TikTok too? I have a presence on TikTok. I am not actively on TikTok, but I like, I should be. And I feel like, should be too. I'm TikTok's biggest advocate, but I'm not, <laughs> I'm not actively on it, but I should be. So that's what I want to say. <laughs> yeah. I, to be honest, like I have not fallen in love with TikTok, but that's probably because I'm based in Germany and their algorithm is so incredibly 
heavy on location that all I ever see are memes about what it's like to live in Germany. So now I'm just like really grumpy because I'm like, Mm. I don't get to see anything that I actually want to be seeing except for like, how do you look after living one year in Germany? And then it's like, yeah, people's style goes to crap. So (laughs) (laughs) that is funny. I didn't know that. Yeah. You have to get in there and get your algorithm working for you. <laughs> I have, yeah, but I, I tried. I tried because, you you know, you can manipulate your algorithm by liking specific content and engaging with specific stuff and following specific people. I just still, my For You page is all just Germany memes. So <laughs> that's funny. I think TikTok is a really, it's a really interesting place to be on right now because I do think it is really driving what's happening on Instagram. And I know people are really resistant to making the jump over to TikTok or even just getting used to a new platform like that. But I really think it's the best thing you can do, even if you are just observing what's going on on TikTok right now, like be a consumer of TikTok because it's fully driving the trends that we're seeing on Instagram and the way people, the way we're consuming content on Instagram. It's kind of making Instagram adapt versus Instagram just being this leader as it has been for the last, what, 10 years TikTok is now kind of pushing Instagram, which is really interesting to observe. But I think everything with how we're consuming reels, how we're moving towards more and more video, I mean, video is already taken over. It's not a new thing anymore. But how we're using that video on Instagram is fully coming from TikTok. And it's so interesting to see, like I said, I consume TikTok. I don't create on TikTok as much as I should. But to watch how those trends are coming over from TikTok, I think if you are struggling with content creation on Instagram right now, my best advice would actually be to go to TikTok and be an active consumer and pay attention to what's happening there and what the trends are and what types of things you like and that other people like and that are doing well. Because it is, it's all coming over from there. It's so interesting to watch. Yeah, I've actually seen like uh, Instagram reels on Facebook as well. So when I Mm -hmm. scroll from my Facebook feed on mobile and I always get stuck on them and yeah, or on YouTube, YouTube shorts as well. So I I think you're 100% right. Like TikTok is driving a lot of like the consumption um, on other platforms. What do you think is like the most important? First of all, like you said, you niche down even more on your, on your new account. Who are you? you, And you said coaches and service business owners, correct? I just want to make sure I, (laughs) I remember that correctly. So if someone, if someone is like starting their business and they are they were selling like it's okay like what do you think is the next thing that they should focus on like what is what's the next big challenge after they are starting to like kind of get a hang of Instagram and it's starting to work for them in terms of growing their brand or what is the lens we're looking at right now it's <laughs> a very good question yes yeah. <laughs> um I, I think for both so um for like building their business and building their brand or what is the difference for you like if someone is like grow wants to like grow they have the next big income goal I don't know 10k 15k whatever and also like they, they just want their business to like grow so what should they focus on should they focus more on like the brand building or should they focus on offer creation or should they focus on their energy? Like what are the things that you think come into play here? Mm, Such a good question. So many things come to mind and I would actually love to hear your input on this one as well. But it's, it's funny because you can't have one without the other. Like you can't have your online business without the brand, but you're not going to make money from your brand if you don't spend any time on the business. Right. And so 
audience acquisition is so important and learning how to create content in a way that people want to follow you and that they actually engage with it so that they fall in love with who you are as a brand and not just what your business can do for them, that's going to take you really far. And building that brand, like just having people fall in love with you for you is kind of how I think about it. Like as a service provider, because that's specifically who I work with, like your business is bigger than just your services because your online presence is you. So it's you delivering your services. Like you are the special sauce. So that's your brand. When I talk about brand is really, I'm talking about the person, the person who delivers it and building that and getting people on board with that is so powerful because you get to pivot at any point if you choose to, because people are not just there for your business, they're also there for you. So if you decide like, hey, I need to niche down, great, because people are going to still follow because they they fell in love with you as the brand. They're not just like, well, her services don't work or they're not what I thought they were anymore. So I'm out of here. Like, yes, you may lose some people, but you just have so much power to add in new things and expand your business if you build that brand. But at the same time, as you know, and I, we've, I've seen this conversation being had, and it's such a good one to have. If you can't monetize the 100 people that follow you, you're not going to be able to monetize 100,000 people, right? So spending time in your business and learning these tangible skills around sales and like buyer psychology and what do people actually need to see for me in order to want to hit purchase and not just like my content, it's so valuable too. So I think the answer is, all everything needs to be happening simultaneously. Unfortunately, it's not like step one, get to a thousand followers. Step two, take five courses on sales strategy, right? Like <laughs> I wish it was that that methodical and that easy, but I do think that they need to be happening at the same time. I, I It's not separate entities. It's not separate things. Um, but there's also this level of like, how big do you want your business to be? Because some people, if they have an audience of, let's say, 10,000 followers, they might be set for life with that because there's enough people in there that they can continuously hit their income goals. If they're like, you know what, I just want to show up. I don't want to show up online every day, but I would like to hit, you know, maybe it's $100,000 $100, is my income goal for the year. And I once I hit that, I'm good. And that's all I need. Then that's great. Like you don't need to continuously be building, 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 learning. Le well, you always want to be learning, right? But my message is like, it's not as big of a priority for that person. But for the person that's like, I want to build this to be as big as it can be. I don't think you can ever take your foot off the gas on either. I think brand and business need to be your bread and butter. Like they need to be the thing that you are always trying to build bigger, better, and stronger. So yeah. I think my answer is both. You <laughs> <laughs> need to keep working on both. Yeah. Yeah. I really love it. I actually think one of the th things you said at the very beginning, if you can't monetize a hundred people who are already following you, you can't monetize a hundred thousand either. I, that's almost verbatim. One of my posts, yes. <laughs> one of my first posts on my account. It's so interesting. So I came from a complete, not completely different angle at content. because I also have a content program, right? But it's actually so fun. And maybe I'll sign up for confident content because I've actually been really bad at growing my audience. Like, it's not that I don't want to, it's like, I have never been extremely good at growing my audience. So, um, and, and this is probably something that like, 
I felt was so intriguing seeing like the launch babe. I think I followed you when you had like three, 4,000 followers or something. Mm. And I saw you like explode and take off um, in your journey. And that was like really cool to witness. And so I'm really like intrigued about like how you uh, talk about brand building and how you talk about content because it's completely different from like my philosophy because I've built like this multiple six-figure business and I've like... I grow like 30 to 60 people a month, maybe <laughs> on my old account it was even less than that. And I'm really good at selling and I'm, and, but this like brand building feel and audience building really feels like a full mystery to me where it's like, I don't know, in German, we would say it's like a book with seven seals. Like you just can't open mm. it. And this is like really, really interesting, but I don't think I've ever thought about content as like building a machine either though you're right. It makes a lot of sense. If it's an algorithm, an algorithm is a machine. They use machine learning. So it's really, really cool. What observations for you have you had um, in, in the past or like now you're probably observing a lot on TikTok from what I got, but like what observations were like for you belief changers? So you were on Instagram mm -hmm. every day being like, okay, well, this is how I, I think I'm getting it. And then one day you're like, holy crap. I'm seeing something completely different. What was that for you? Yeah. Okay. I might take this in a little bit of a different answer than you were leading me to. So stay with me here. But <laughs> one thing I kind of wanted to say to complete our thought that we were just talking about before is I really wish that more people understood or could understand in the beginning what I would say is your perspective to content right now, because the numbers aren't as important as they seem like it like I do really believe in building your audience and then learning the scale of audience acquisition and being omnipresent online and all of that good stuff but when I was reflecting back on my time in the launch babe my highest sales month was when I had 3,000 followers not when I had 30,000 followers really mm -hmm. like by a lot <laughs> it was like almost double like it was it's really interesting to see. And I think because at that point, each follower I had was really aligned because when you are small, your audience is actually more powerful person to person than it is in a large audience, especially if you are going for virality when you grow versus going to specifically reach the people that need to hear your messaging the most, because we can build a really attractive brand kind of like, I don't want to say this flippantly, but it's kind of easy. All you have to do is go to the reels tab and be like, what's trending and how can I emulate that for myself? Because if you just hop on trends, you're hopping on things that the algorithm already likes. And so your content's going to go further. Like if I wanted to hack growth, that's all I would do again is I would go back and be like, what's trending? How can I emulate this for myself? Make sure the quality level is high because Instagram's going to pump out what's already working. So I don't want to like understate that because I know so many people are dying to grow, but like growth really gets to be that easy. Like just find what's working and make it work for you. But I think we put way too much of an emphasis on that number in the beginning. You have a multi six figure business and you just said that you grow, you know, 30 to 60 people a month. That's hugely powerful because the people that are in your audience, that means are really resonating with your business and they really are influenced in a positive way by what you have to say. And I think that was an aha moment for me to tie this kind of back to your question is as I was growing the launch babe, I was like, this isn't that big of a deal. Or like, it's, it's, it's not, everybody wants to hit 10K followers, right? Everybody wants 10,000 followers because it, it looks cool. And it used to be when you got the new features and things like that. 
but it doesn't have to be more powerful than having 1,000 followers, 2,000 followers, 3,000 followers that are really aligned with you and with your message. People are monetizing tiny audiences in a huge way. And that was one of those moments for me that I didn't realize until I had did it. It was kind of like I had this one track mind, which is like, well, you just need to be in double digits with your followers, like tens of thousands. Like you just need to get that and then the things will come. But then I got that and I was like, well, wait a minute. The business side of this was actually better when I was doing it more niche, more tiny, and I had a smaller audience. Things were easier then. Things felt more aligned. I felt like my message was getting across to more people in a more impactful way. And that was honestly what gave me the confidence to walk away from the brand with 30,000 followers, where I was like, well, if I know what I want to go towards next, well, one, I can just do this again because I know how to do it now. Like (laughs) I learned how to hack content creation, so to speak. Like, of course, I could do this again. I don't need to have scarcity mindset around the numbers. But two, it might be more powerful for me to start over. It might be more powerful for me to invite the, let's say, 1,000 people out of that 30,000 that are aligned with my next message, because those are the only people that are going to buy from me anyways, right? Like those are the people that are really going to be influenced by what I have to say in a positive way. So those are the only people I want in my audience. I think in the beginning, we're just also fixated on this number and this building this illusion almost of like, I'm important. I'm an authority. Listen to what I have to say that we forget that that's not where the power comes from. Yeah. The power comes from your message. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I just wish that we could kind of take that out of our brains in the beginning, because I think it's such a hindrance to doing the things that are actually going to make our business grow. Yeah. We're just too, too hyper fixated on those numbers. And it really is like building the illusion that we're someone important instead of just showing up like we are someone important and letting that be how we attract more people in. Yeah. And actually this just, I have a, I have a mind that very much responds to what I hear. And one of the thoughts that just came to me, I don't know if you want to call it a download or what came up for me is, but it's not, it really, I agree with you. I feel like people really, really overestimate what a large audience can do and really underestimate how profitable every single one person in your following can be. And mm-hmm. like, when you get that right and when you stop seeing numbers so that you look a certain way or you feel a certain way about your account and actually acknowledge the fact like, hey, four people actually deeply resonated with the thing that comes straight from your soul. And those are usually then the people who are like your diehard fan, fans and stuff. Um, Absolutely. That really like they would go really far to go work with you. Absolutely. And maybe this is just my opinion, but so take it or leave it as this, but I do feel like we are moving into a place with social media where I don't think the numbers are as important moving forward as they have been in the past. And part of the reason why I say that is again, looking at TikTok and what's happening there. But if we look at the algorithm on TikTok and something you hear creators echo a lot of time that are on that app is the idea that It's not necessarily their followers that see their content on a day-to-day basis. And it's just because of how the algorithm is built, that it's meant to find the people that are going to like that one specific piece of content, as opposed to your page as a whole, your niche as a whole. So things can go viral, but they're not going viral with your followers necessarily. They're just going viral out to the ethers. And so the same thing is happening with reels and 
this is how people teach reels now is like, except that when somebody sees your reel, they're seeing your content for the first time because reels have that organic reach. And we all love that organic reach because that's how we grow our account is by getting seen by new and more people. But with that, it's a lower percentage of your followers. When we look at the overall percentage of people that are looking at your reels, like if there's a hundred people looking at one reel and they like it, maybe only 20 of those are my followers and the other 80 are people that just stumbled across it for the first time. So as our algorithm is shifting into that, where there's more organic reach, which we love because we grow our account that way, it's going to be less people that are seeing it from your audience. And so this, I'm kind of going, this is a a looped thought here. It's a big thought. (laughs) Because there's such a variance, let me wrap it up this way. There's such a variance in the number of people who will see any given post, right? Because we don't know what's going to go viral. Some things are going to shoot off. Some things don't. We don't care about likes as much anymore because every post is so different. That's kind of the bow on the thought I was making there. I was making a bigger point than I initially started to. But one post might get seen by 100 people. One post might get seen by 100,000 people. And so all of our likes and our posts are varying greatly. And so the metrics don't seem to matter. The vanity metrics, I should say, don't seem to matter nearly as much as they used to. Yeah. And so I almost think we're trending into that where like, I don't care how many followers you have. Do I like your content? Is the vibe that I am seeing more on Instagram now than ever before. I think it's exciting. Yeah. I actually also believe that the user behavior really changed at least when I when I use the app I barely ever like anything I scroll I read I consume I watch but and sometimes I'll like find a rail that like I don't know cracks me up or really captures my attention and then I'll when you click on the profile you instantly end up on the reels tab not even on the page but just on the reels tab and then from there I'll like watch 10 different reels without liking any one of them and then, mm-hmm. and then I'll click, and then I'll maybe hit follow. Maybe I don't. And then I move on with my day. And then whenever content comes back, I never even on those accounts specifically where I looked at reels, I like never even see their feed posts. I almost always just get their reels served to me. Yes. Which it's just, it's so interesting. It's a really interesting time to be on Instagram and if people want to use it as a chance to criticize the app because I think people are just upset when they don't get results that they want to. But I don't think Instagram's going away, but I do think a lot of things are changing. And I think this change in user behavior that you're noting is very real and very much a shift that's happening right now. Um I the change in the in the feeds where we now have three feeds, mm-hmm. I think is super interesting. And I'm hoping that it has a positive effect on engagement. But I think you're right. We're actually being trained less and less to engage with content and more just to consume it. And it feels like people are almost, we have these pendulum swings. Like everybody was talking last year about how, you know, the filler posts are out, the beautiful Instagram posts are out where it's just like a beautiful photo of you and a nice caption. And now everybody wants value, 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 right? Like that was what was just shoved down our throats online. Like by all the social media gurus is like post really valuable content. But now I feel like we're swinging almost back but now it's in the form of reels where people are like, I don't want to read anymore. Like, I don't want to see you pointing at five paragraphs on the screen in your reels anymore. Like, I just want to consume. Like, I just want to be a passive consumer again. And it feels like we're shifting back into more of that aesthetics are in and just like easy content is in 
but in a different way than it was in the past. Like, I don't know if you've noticed this on yours, but I've noticed my Reels tab has shifted almost entirely to just aesthetic videos, regardless of industry. Like, it's more like a day in the life with like a, a cute music in the background and just the pretty Billy photos. Joel sound. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. So it just, it feels like everything got really shaken up with reels and you can choose to look at that in a frustrating way or in a positive way. But where what I think about where we're at right now is don't get caught up on vanity metrics. Like don't get caught up on your engagement so much because so many things are shifting. But experiment, 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 particularly with video content, because we can't deny that one, that's where everyone is. And two, that's where Instagram is pushing us like that. Like you said, you only see reels after you've engaged with those certain creators. Like that is the content that's being pushed. So I say lean into it because as I said earlier in this interview, like hacking content and hacking your growth comes down to just being on trend. What's on trend and where do you fit in with it? I had a really nice uh, mindset reframe from from another coach the other day. Um, and she said, the algorithm is working for some people. So why can't it work for you? Right? Why can't mm-hmm. you just have to figure out and experiment? And the other thing is like, and this is something that that I think most people don't realize is like, <laughs> yes, a post may live on your profile, but you get a new chance every day. Heck, if you want a new chance, you can get, and you change the same chance the same day. <laughs> Absolutely. I saw a creator post this. I can't remember who it was, but she said something like, too many of you are acting like this is the last post you ever get to make on social media. Like who cares if it flops? You can make another one. Like you just said right now, you could make your next one. Like <laughs> this is an energy. Yeah. This is an energy that I, I embodied in like my launches. Like if I, if my launch total isn't there yet, like like, or when I have clients who like freak out because they're like, oh my God, it's just like four more days until my car closes. Yo, first of all, you've got four more days. Like 10 people could find you, fall in love with you and buy from you in like four more days, 20, 200. Like <laughs> it's like, there's so much time left. And also like, I have stopped long ago. Like I'll say like card is closed now, I, but I will not stop selling. Like card is only, like there is no card is closed. There's only like, we're starting today. And until the week after I still keep selling, and there's always people who are jumping in and I think the same is true for like creating reels or creating posts or Instagram stories where it's like Instagram stories in particular like you have infinite chances because you can knock yourself out with stories every day um absolutely with reels I mean or with infinite content I mean there is a little bit of like yeah well if you right away add another post then it's no longer being shown at like the most recent stuff but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think it's, it's infinite opportunities. And we touched on this earlier, but I really want to echo it here is like, take the pressure off. Like it's not, nobody cares if your post got 20 likes or 200 likes, like you're the only one that cares. Like, and really <laughs> realize that like <laughs> no one is judging you as harshly as you are. And if it makes you feel more comfortable and it's a feed post, turn those like counts off. Like Nobody cares as much as you do. If you can take the emotion out of your posts, you're going to start to have so many more ideas because it's going to stop being this like, oh, but what if this isn't good enough and nobody likes it? Or like, oh, what if this doesn't get like, it doesn't get received the way I meant it or things like that. Like just taking the emotions out of it and just posting because it's we're posting for, for first and foremost, 
brand awareness. We just want people to remember that we're here and what we can help them with so that we stay top of mind. And so let content creation be, I mean, first off, we have to learn how to do it, right? So you have to accept that you're going to have bad posts, probably have a lot of bad posts. You're going to have like, if you're new, at least a month of posting, if you're posting content every day where you're just learning how to do it. How do I get my message across in a way that people actually understand and it makes sense to them and I'm getting the quality right and it's a good enough photo and like all of the things. So give yourself time, but then treat it all like data. Treat it all like data, like really remove your emotions from it. I This is something that like logically people understand when I say it, but I wish I could transfer this feeling of like, well, I don't, in a like in a positive way, I don't care if this post does bad. Like not like saying you don't care about your work and you don't care about your art, but like if it does bad, you can look at it and be like, oh, that makes sense. Like I posted this at a bad time of the day. Like the text was a little hard to read. There was a little too much on the screen. Like that makes sense. Like I know to change that now the next time I make a post versus being like, I have to turn off Instagram, put my phone away and take two years <laughs> off because everyone hates me. Like that is the biggest hindrance to growing our brand and content creation that I see is people's emotions that are tied up in the results. Do you want to know a fun fact? I think last week I posted something that was really true to like really something from my heart and I got two likes. No. <laughs> like two in I total. Swear. And I was like, dang, <laughs> that's a new achievement unlocked. I don't think even on day one I got this new likes or like this viewing, this little, like, is, is this app broken? Did it actually post? It's like, like, this could be like my mom and my dad. <laughs> so like, who are the people? It's like what's rude of the app, honestly. But, <laughs> but yeah, um, I mean... <laughs> but then to be able to look at it and be like, well, why did this resonate? Like, obviously it wasn't the message because usually it's the vulnerability that people do resonate with. So then we can just be like, well, how did I package this? Maybe that was the problem. But I mean, people like people really will get so emotional that they need to like take five days off of Instagram. And that's yeah. such a hindrance to everything we're trying to do. So I know this feeling really well because I know it from my parenting journey. Um, you don't have kids, right? No. Okay. So I used to feel so triggered when my kids, especially baby E throws a temp temper tantrum, like, you know, like you're just trying to get out the door. You're just trying to move on through with your life. And then your kids are like every doing everything on the planet. It feels like to like, make sure your plan isn't happening. And I used to feel so triggered being like, ah, they're just like, it felt like they were doing this to me. And then I did a lot of mindset work or worked a lot with coaches. And one day I just realized it's like, it's not about me. And the same is true for, for the algorithm, right? It can throw its temper tantrum. Mm -hmm. It can show your post to only like 14 people and no one likes it. And that's okay. It's like, it's not about you. They've got their own little agenda, the same way the algorithm has its own little agenda. And you're like, okay, okay. Maybe mm -hmm. you just need to attract those people to your audience first. So those people who would resonate with your post can be here. Maybe there's whatever, right? It's it's all just like information and feedback and and like it's I really and I really told myself this is not about me. Like when I was in that transition phase when I had just received the message of like this is not about me, 
when that finally like kicked in, I think it was reading Brené Brown, Daring, uh, Daring Greatly, I think. And, and, and something like made me realize like, oh, this is not about me, but like on a subconscious level. But when I was in this like vulnerable transition phase, I like just every time they threw themselves on the ground or like did something like baby can throw like Hollywood style tantrums. It's impressive. I did not know that <laughs> real kids off the, the silver screen actually throw themselves on the floor and throw giant tantrums and like mm. it's everything you want to see in a Hollywood movie <laughs> yeah. and I was I was just like I took it so personal and then when I was in this transitioning phase every time she like started having her meltdown I was like this is not about me this is not about me I like that is separate from me so I get to like regulate my emotions around that and this is something really, really important. Like if you don't, if anyone who's listening, like if you don't know about like your ego talking and so on, you, I would really say you should dive into, into mindset and like really understand that not all of your thoughts are true. Just because you're thinking everyone hates me because no one liked my post doesn't mean it's mm-hmm. true. Oh, there's so much self-development riddled in all of this. I'm so glad you brought all that up because it is so true. And Part of it really is just retraining your nervous system. Like I would love to say that when I started my accounts and started posting, like I had this, I don't care attitude, but it was absolutely the opposite. I was really emotionally invested in each post that I put out. But it was when I noticed like, Hey, when things aren't doing well, you have a really bad reaction to it. And it sets you back. I was like, there's a, there's an opportunity here to change this mindset. Because I don't feel that way about someone else if I see a post of theirs doesn't perform really well. I mean, most of the time we don't even notice, right? Like you don't notice if somebody's post got 20% less likes than it normally gets when you're on their account. But it's making a choice every single time to re-regulate your nervous system. Like, so for example, if you put a post out and it does quote unquote poorly, telling yourself like, I have this mantra that might sound not nice to some people, but for me, it really resonates of like, this means nothing until you apply emotion to it, like until you apply your own emotions and thoughts to it. So that was kind of what would play in my head every time posted back. This means nothing. This means nothing at all about who you are or whether or not people like you, like it truly gets to mean nothing. It's just a react. It's just algorithm spitting, like putting things out. It's just equations again, right? doesn't mean I'm a bad person. doesn't mean my post was dumb. It doesn't mean I'm dumb. And giving yourself the opportunity when you notice those things come up to just like sit with it for a second and then reframe the mindset. Yeah. Because that is such an important part of all of this. It's like, do you have a mindset that's going to carry you towards success or are you going to get tripped up on the little things and be afraid to show your face when it matters most? Because what if this happens during a launch? Going back to your example, are you not going to show up for the rest of it and lose out on one income for you and two selling to the people who need to see it, who need to see you show up till the end, even if you're getting two likes per post, it's a disservice to you. And it's a disservice to the people in your community. So we need to have that, that distance between the results of the post and our reaction to it. Yeah. I love that differentiation. The other thing is if you can't handle like your content triggering you, what are you going to do if the client triggers you? What are you going to do if your coach triggers you? Because that's like half of their job is to call out the stuff that you are probably sweeping under the rug (laughs) mentally, consciously, or subconsciously, right? So when you notice, notice these things, like, I don't know, I, 
I often like mirror back stuff to clients that is often uncomfortable and that's okay. Sometimes they get mad at me. Sometimes they're frustrated. Sometimes they tell me, okay, well, I need the 48 hours to throw myself a pity party. Now that I'm regulated, I can actually respond to this. And it's not what I wanted to hear, but okay, I see it. I see it. I am going to do it differently. Right. And when you build your business, like there's so many places where you really just you really need to check how you're responding to things. And when you feel triggered by something, for example, your content creation, like you really need to, to learn how to like emotionally detach. So I love your, the mantra that you said, I resonate with that for sure. Um, And also like to, you really need to look into those triggers. What, what are you making stuff actually mean? I know I used to beat myself up so badly about low income month and like, low income month is like (laughs) at a point where I was like beating myself up about a low income month was like where other people are dreaming to be. And it was like completely irrational. So I hired a mindset coach and I'm like, Hey, I don't understand why my reaction is like that, but it triggers obviously something in me and I make it mean something. I just don't know what. And I think having that self-awareness is probably going to be one of the biggest assets as as you're building your business, because this stuff is going to happen over and over again, depending on like with every new level, right? I love how you frame that in terms of like, what else is going to become you in business? Because if you do, if you rank all of our activities and like the things that might trigger us and where we might need to take some time back to process or whatever we need to do, your content performance is so at the bottom of that list of like, (laughs) of all the things that could go wrong, of all the areas you could be triggered, of all the problems you're going to have to solve, like getting 10 likes on a post is so minuscule compared to all the things that you probably want to do and the inherent risk and like possible bad situations that come along with the the heights that you want to reach in your business. We can't spend too much time and energy down here because it's just, it's not the right place. (laughs) You know, it's just, it's really not the right place for you to be wasting your precious time and energy feeling upset about something. So we have to like, it's really just building a muscle, right? Like it's okay to have that trigger, but then notice it and get back up faster, like build systems around you, like build coping mechanisms, whatever you need so that you don't waste two, three, four days offline wallowing or being nervous every time you post get back on the horse faster. Like what can you do to speed up that, that like recovery period is another thing that I like to think about with that. I actually, I actually, so here's a trick that I tell my clients around that specific thing. I make my responsibility something that I can actually control. What can I control the quality of my content by constantly investing into it? Um, and then, and staying like knowledgeable about what's happening on the platform and whether I show up or not. And that is a simple decision. So for me, I actually stopped looking at my metrics altogether. Like after posting, I just look like at the end of the week or something at my insights, just more like a curiosity thing. I'm like, okay, well, if my goal is audience growth, like what, what's happening there, which posts perform well. And I tell my clients to go collect gold stars. You get a freaking gold star when you post it because when you posted a what you thought was a high quality post and you're investing into your content skills, so you're you're getting there, right? 
then you're getting a freaking gold star. And everything else that happens later that's outside of your control, whether someone comments, whether someone likes it, whether it goes viral, whether I don't know, whatever other thing you're looking for, like that literally doesn't matter. You've already gotten your gold star and all your like your entire your only job is to keep collecting gold stars. That's it. Mm, I really like that. That's a really great way to kind of flip it. A lot of my clients bought themselves gold star stickers. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. I feel like I want to go do that. But things like that sound so silly, but that positive reinforcement is so important to training your brain to look for the right stuff, you know? And absolutely. I, I really like, of course, you know, because you do it. <laughs> I really like that you said that you stopped looking at your metrics closely because honestly, I did the same. I don't recommend that people necessarily do that in the beginning when you're really learning what a good piece of content is and how to formulate your ideas, because I think there's a lot of good data in there. But when you get to the point where you're like, okay, I know what my message is. Like, I know who I'm trying to attract and what things need to be in my posts to attract them in and to accomplish my business goals. It doesn't really matter anymore. I mean, keep your finger on the pulse of it, like know what's happening. So like that you said that you go in like once a week and, and just see what's happening because if something's not working, we don't want to keep doing it. But I don't care if one of my posts gets, let's say 200 likes and the other post gets 80. I don't care. I don't, I don't care about that 80, 80 likes post and think it's a worse post. Because you also hit a point where you're like, okay, you know what? I know that the algorithm is going to show this post to the people who needed to see it today. And maybe only two people in my audience needed to see it. Because I know that I know how to make content. I know how to organize my ideas. I know how to write a good caption. So I know the stuff is here. And if people didn't like it, maybe it just wasn't for them today. And that's fine. They weren't the intended audience for it. And I like to think about my content that way as well, too. Like... But you also pointed out that you have certainty and confidence in your skills. This is the other thing that I think a lot of people just want to ignore it, where they're like, well, she's just posting and it's working. No, it's not. Like you have incredible skills. Like you know how to make carousels. Your reels are super fun. You know how to type out, how to fill 2000 character with like story and value and 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 the things that make you relatable and like picking the right topics and being on topic and on niche. And those are all skills that you honed in your work before for those other brands, just as much as for the launch babe and now your, your Emily account, right? So like, this is the other thing, like you've actually invested time and energy and care and love into learning these skills and mastering these skills. And that's probably why it doesn't take you long or why many of your posts are a hit. So like, don't let's, let's acknowledge that too, because I really do believe every single person that's listening, like if you're not actively investing into learning the skills that you actually need, then I think it's just naive to believe that people just fall from the sky and they know how to create content that goes viral. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. And I'm, re- I'm really glad that you are kind of emphasizing that point because it, it is, it's a skill. Like content creation is a skill. Learning to follow trends is a skill. People, just like you just started to say, they they see these creators rise really quickly and they're like, well, they just started. Do you know that they just started? Like I've been making content since like 2013. I was very close to getting a degree in graphic design. So Canva stuff came super easy. Like I've worked for other brands. I've built other brands for myself. The launch babe took off when it's, 
started, but how many years before that did I have of just practicing making content and analyzing trends and being an active consumer? Because there's a big difference between showing up and consuming content on Instagram and showing up and looking around and being like, okay, what are the trends? Like, what am I, why did I like this? Yeah. Why was this a good post? And why was this one not a good post? So there's such a big difference between the shift when you start to become a creator versus when you were just a consumer before and give yourself that grace. Yes. Like you're not going to go from zero to amazing creator overnight, but also invest in the skills, like you're saying, because it is a skill and you don't necessarily even know what to look for when you're starting out. And so it's helpful to have somebody say, here, here's five components of a viral post that maybe you didn't notice before, but now you can start to implement them into your post when you want to grow your audience. Yeah. It's so funny because that was actually the first um, mistake, the biggest mistake I made in my very first business. Um, you know, I had an e-commerce brand for women's activewear and I thought like, okay, well, I wrote my bachelor thesis about social media and the fashion industry. I'm a fashion designer and I uh, have a business degree. So this should be easy. And I'm a digital native. I can do this. <laughs> and I fell flat on my face and I did not sell shit for like, oh gosh, three, the first three years. So mm. that's so important for people to hear, I think, because like, like we just said, you only see the rise and you don't see all the work that went in to get there. Yeah. If you cry because you're only getting like 20 likes instead of a hundred, like, how do you think I felt being a hundred K in debt? That's a whole different story, yeah. right? Because like a lot of people are like, oh, starting a coaching business is so expensive. Well, is it really? Because when you don't even have to produce product, like girl, 5K for a coach is like. I was just going to say that. So I'm so glad you did. Like people think that because this is all online and like you don't have to buy like a machinery or something like that, that since overhead is so low that it gets to be so low, but like especially if you didn't go to business school, like, especially if you don't have a background in any of these other skills that you need to make your business run, you have to be investing in the beginning. If you have to invest in these skills, how do you expect to get better at sales if you never pay anybody to teach you how to get better at sales? Same thing with content creation, same thing with building your offers and learning how this all fits together. Like mentorship in any form is that overhead that coaching businesses have to dive into in the beginning, or they just don't, they don't grow, right? Because you're stuck then with the knowledge you have, instead of all the knowledge you need. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a hill I could die on too. <laughs> yeah, I already can tell like, we would be like riffing here forever, because there's so many like points in common. And so much like, I really, I loved every single word you said, and I'm definitely going to look into confident content as well, because that those audience growth skills are a skill that I obviously don't have. So it's, it's something that we, we want to be looking at. Where do we have deficits? Where could we step up our game? Emily, where can people find you? Okay. Where can people find you outside of your Instagram account? Or maybe you repeat one more time where your Instagram account is and how can they work with you? Yeah, right now, everything I am funneling through Instagram. So I'm going to direct you right back to there. My handle is Emily Sincata, C-I-N-C-O-T-T-A on Instagram. You can find me there and then it links out to everything else. I have live group courses that I host every month. I host free master classes or you can work with me one-on-one, -on -one, a private coaching setting. But just find me on Insta first and send me a DM and we will get chatting.
Yeah, I strongly encourage you to do that. Emily is such a sweet person. I remember the first time we uh, chatted on DM. So she is such a kind person. You obviously just heard how much knowledge she has. Thank you so, so, so much for being on the show today, Emily. I really appreciate it. And I loved talking to you. And I'm so excited to see where you're taking your business. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this conversation as well. We could have talked forever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe one day when I'm, in, when I'm ever traveling to where, where you live. <laughs> oh my God, I'm yeah, ever I'm coming so back. <laughs> have a great rest of the day and I talk to you well, soon. Thank you so much. Content loungers, listen up. This is your chance to ditch the hustle and take a massive leap in your business and your income. This month, one of you guys is going to work with me one-on-one and together we will create a content strategy that turns you into a client and money magnet without working more. This is valued at over $2,000. And to get in on this, simply leave me a five-star review, take a screenshot and DM it to me on Instagram. Wishing y'all massive success in your business. See you next week. And until then, sit back, relax and let your content do the work for you.